So, Father, I want to commit this morning's message to you that even as our nation stands at a critical juncture of our history, we don't want to commit our nation to you. But for all of us, Lord, I want to believe that even this morning's message, this weekend's message, Lord, not only today but yesterday as well, is from you. And you want all of us to hear this, Lord. All of us will hear this so that we continue to love you and serve you. And with all our strength, all our heart, with all our mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves, the greatest of all commandments. Thank you, Father. Help me, Lord, as I communicate your message to your people. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, because people say, Amen. Amen. We continue on the study of the book of Judges. I don't know about you, but uh, I have learned so much from the book of Judges. We did Joshua, remember, Deuteronomy, and now we close the year with the book of Judges, and I benefited so much today. We are in Judges chapter 9, and the title of my message is on Abimelech, the pitfalls or the perils of selfish ambition. Now, I want to say this at the outset, that there's nothing wrong with ambition. We don't throw the baby out with the bath water. You know what I'm saying? You know, when a young person or any person come and speak to me and ask me for advice regarding their career or their future, or even my own son, I've got two sons, if they don't have ambition, I'm worried. Nothing wrong with ambition, right or not? It's not so much ambition per se, but what kind of ambition? What posture or attitude of our heart do we have when we are ambitious? I far prefer somebody with ambition than an ambitionless person who is to me spineless. What do you want to do in life? Huh? Don't know. Will I succeed in life? Not sure. Nothing, nothing happens to them. Case Sarah, Sarah, that kind of attitude. We don't like that. So there's nothing wrong with ambition. I want to say this right at the outset. But what kind? Is it selfish? Or is it selfless? That's the crux. Not ambition, but the pitfall of selfish ambition. I, I, I've got an alternative mess, a title to it. Is ambition gone mad? Is ambition gone mad? And I got this quote that was wrongly attributed to Euphrates, who was a Greek philosopher. It's wrongly attributed to him, so it was anonymous. It says that those whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad, including politicians. More so politicians, but also those in ministry. So what I'm going to say to you today applies across the board to those in corporate world, and I know those of you in corporate circles would know what I'm talking about. It's the dog-eat-dog world outside there, you know. But we don't join them. We don't be ambitious and get what we want at any cost. If we do so, 
his ambition gone mad. And those whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad. And the second caveat I have before I go into my content proper is that as I share this, please don't think of the other person. Yeah, he's talking about him. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. The tendency is that when I share this, he's thinking about that person, you know, and then the corner of the eye, you watch the person, how he's reacting or how she's reacting, right? Don't do that. Don't do that. Because I'm not talking of anybody. I'm talking about us, including me. Because this applies to all of us. Where does this begin? The narrative in Judges chapter 9 regarding Abimelech actually begins from Gideon in Judges chapter 8. And I want to share this as a lesson to all of us that it is not enough for you and I to start well And you've heard me say this and heard us share this from the pulpit many times. It is more important to finish well. Gideon did not finish well, and it surprises many people. He started so well. You see? In fact, in Judges chapter 8, verse 22, 23, at the end of Judges chapter 8, the Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you and your son and your grandson, because you have saved us out of the hand of the Median. It was a miracle, right? Out of 300,000 to 30,000 to 300, and not a single Israelite was killed. Do you know that? What? Not a single. Why? Because the battle ultimately belongs to the Lord. Gideon started so well. But what happened? When they wanted to make him king, Gideon said the right thing. No, 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 no. I will not rule over you, nor my son rule over you. The Lord. Whoa. Clap, 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 Gideon. Uh Aha. Clap too soon. What happened? He say only la. Actually, he acted differently. He acted like an absolute monarch. How do I know? At the end of Judges chapter 8, he demanded gold rings from the rakyat. He made a golden ephod. He fathered 70 sons. Don't know how many daughters. I've never met Gideon personally, but if I meet him today, I'm very sure he'll be a walking prune (laughs) next to Solomon. 1,000, you know, crazy or not. And he fathered 70 sons. And the 71st son, Abimelech, who is a subject matter for Judges chapter 9, 
is a son of his relationship with a Shechemite concubine. What? And then he named the 71st son Abimelech. Look, Abimelech didn't come out from the mother's womb and say, call me Abimelech. My father is king. It is Gideon that said, your father, me, is king. So in his mind, he wants to be king. He acted like a king. But Gideon, didn't you say you don't want? Your law. Key is this. Make sure that what you say match how you act. Your, con- your conduct must match your conversation, correct or not. In common day parlance, I walk your talk. Gideon didn't. Say one thing, acted otherwise. Result, disaster. After Gideon died, Abimelech said, my father is king, ma. He doesn't want, ma. I want. You see? Monkey see, monkey do, no? You act like that, people under you will see, Hiya, you don't walk the talk, right? Good lesson to learn. The pitfalls of selfish ambition I will share it under three headings, the plot, the pitfalls, and then the postures to overcome. I will end positively. What is a plot? Judges chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 6. Look at your Bible, even though it's up there. I want you to engage with me from the Word of God. Understand? It is the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says to you and to me. At this juncture of your life, my life, in the, in the life of the history of our nation, at this critical time, in the history of our church, God must be saying something. So let's read. Judges chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 6. Abimelech, son of Jerobbaal, which is another name for Gideon, went to his mother's brothers in Shechem. Remember, he was the 71st son. Eh? And to all the mother's clan, the Shechemites, asked all the citizens of Shechem, which is better for you to have all of 70 of Gideon's sons rule over you or just one man, Mila? Remember, I am your flesh and your blood. This guy must be an orator, man. He knows how to sway people's hearts. One, no? He speaks the right thing, make the right moves. So when all the brothers repeated all this to the citizens of Shechem, they were inclined to feel, in, to follow Abimelech. For they said, brother! And they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal Baris, and Abimelech used it to hire reckless adventures. And he, and he hired assassins, hitmen, to become his followers. And he went to his father's home in Ophrah, and on one sh- 
stone, murdered, whoa, murdered, killed 70 of his brothers on one stone. Uh, I, I would have probably uh, uh, underlined on one stone. I'll tell you why in a short while. On one stone, probably chop off all your heads. I don't know. But the amazing thing is this. Jotham, the youngest, the 70 year son, escaped. This is the hand of God. The 70 year son uh, escaped. And all the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo gathered beside the great tree at the pillar. And Abimelech got what he wanted, he became the king. At what cost? That's a plot. And here are the pitfalls. There are only three. Many, many more. Go and hear Pastor uh, uh, Elder Kuntat's message yesterday. But I gave you only three. The first pitfall is that when you and I have selfish ambition, it brings out the worst in you. The dark side. All the worst in you is brought up as revealed and expressed in Abimelech's example. Jealousy, rivalry, competitiveness, undermining others, deception, fool people, murderous intent. What? That's dark. That's dark. And I tell you this. You bring out the dark side. You allow the evil one to work things in your mind that are not there. You feel threatened. You begin to see things that are not there. You begin to plan, plot, scheme, manipulate. And it brings out the worst inside of you. It is amazing. I, I, I was just talking to Pastor Lee Chu yesterday that this weekend, not by design, but I think by the, by, by the design of God, that the two speakers are two oldies. <laughs> Elder Kuntat, who actually is 10 years older than me, <laughs> and me. You know, I was telling my wife, you know, it is not by coincidence got two oldies uh, got nothing to prove, nothing to hide, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. But hear me from my heart, no? Hear from the heart of the father of the house. Be careful. Guard your heart. I've got nothing to prove to you. Good time, you got anything to prove or not? No, lah. Is God. Hear it from our heart. Guard your heart. The second pitfall of selfish ambition is that you have a false impression and perspective of who you really are. You overrate yourself. 
and you undermine others. You overrate and exaggerate your capabilities and think that the world is waiting for the manifestation of you. But that is not so. How many times have I seen it? See? So can I, can I encourage all of us to be realistic and, 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 and come before God and, and have a clear, realistic, practical view of ourselves and not let our imaginations run wild. And what happens when you overrate yourself, you begin to undermine other people. Instead of empowering them, you bring them down. And what C.T. Lacey says is this. It says that when you and I have a selfish attitude, a selfish ambition, it will foster a dominance orientation that results in an exaggerated opinion of self and the marginalization of others. It opens the door for cohesive behavior that engenders fear and force because you feel threatened, rightly or wrongly, you see. And you begin to manipulate, begin to plot. What? Happens so many times. During my 28 years of pastoring this church, I have seen people who are angry, frustrated, literally everything, because they are not made a call, you know, a call. You know what a call? A call means one third of your cell, you are there to help the cell leader. Why am I not made a call? I leave the church. They have left the church. I've seen people in 28 years of my ministry who are not made a cell leader, not made a ministry leader, even a senior pastor, they leave the church. Why? Why? Be very careful. Be very careful. Guard your heart. The third pitfall. You know, when I prepared this message, before I went on leave, I only had two pitfalls, you know. Of course, there are many other things. Lah. And then I said, Lord, you know, in my message, I always got three things, one, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, Lord, I, 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 what is the third one? Lah? And I couldn't find an A or B or C altogether. I couldn't make it. I couldn't find it, you know. So I said, Lord, tell me the third one. Tell me, tell me. And the Lord said to me, you tell them this third one. They think they can outsmart me. But I said, Lord, what has God going to do with you? And the Lord said, it has everything to do with me. True. Huh? Yes. It's called the God factor, not the X factor. You always hear me say this. Those of you who follow me all these years, in any decision that you and I make regarding your life, regarding this church, regarding your career, where is God in all of this? Where is God? God, God. Oh yeah, I pray, you know, God spoke to me. Sure or not? See, when someone tells me, God spoke to me, uh, I back off. Why? Because if God spoke to you, uh, who is Chi more? So Chi back off. Uh. 
But the point that I want to ask you, did God speak to you? True or not? Thing. As I speak, I'm counseling a couple of pastors from other churches who have problems and issues. They come to see me for counsel. After hearing them out, they ask me, Pastor, what do you think? I say, it's not important what I think. What important is you go and seek God. How? Uh, fast and pray. So after a few days, they come and see me after fasting and pray. So what has God spoken? God has spoken. Fast and pray some more. <laughs> Why? Because it's more important what God says to you than what I say to you, right? Where is God? Don't use the name of God when you have not heard from God. Believe me. If God is with you, nobody can be against you. If God is not with you, everybody is against you. Be honest. Be honest before God. So don't think that you can outsmart God because you cannot. Especially when it comes to serving God. Understand? How do I know that God is in all of this narrative? Because in verse 5, it says, Josem, the youngest son of Jerobbaal, escaped by hiding. One person escaped. Do you not think this is God? This one person, Josem, who escaped, became the agent of God's vengeance. And so, I got this picture, the Avengers. <laughs> the next Marvel movie will not be Sang-Chi or the female Incredible Hulk. Female Incredible Hulk. Okay, imagine that. But Jotham, the new Avenger. God will always make sure that all your devious plans will come to nothing because he's not in it. It's a very serious lesson to you and I to learn. Whether you are in the corporate circle, whether you are, uh, I don't know what, family, feuds, ministry, guard your heart. And I say this, I repeat, I am not referring to anyone but all, including me, understand? Including me. So what did Jotham do? Jotham became the voice of God. He went to Mount Gerizim and then he spoke the parable of the bramble or the thorn bush. It is the only parable, certainly the first one, I'm not sure the only one, check me out, found in the Old Testament. 
Because in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus taught in parables, am I right? But this is Old Testament, no. A lot of prophecies are there in the Old Testament. Parables, I can't find any except this one parable. And it's found in the book of Judges. It's called the parable of the bramble that Jotham went out to Mount Gerizim and spoke this parable is a prophecy of curse over Abimelech and the Shechemites. So what is the parable of Bramble? I put it up there, but let me read from our Bible. Judges chapter 9, verse 7 to verse 15. When Jotham was told about this, he climbed out on the top of Mount Gerizim, shouted to them, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day, this is a parable, the trees went out to anoint a king. So the trees began to look for a king of the trees. And they said, first of all, to the olive tree, be our king. But the olive tree answered, should I give up my oil by which both gods and men are honoured, to go waving over the trees like King Charles, Queen Elizabeth, the late. I got better things to do. Next, the trees came to the fig tree. Come, be our king. And the fig tree said, no. Should I give up my fruit so that so good and sweet to go waving over the trees? And then, that finally, then the, 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 the trees came to the vine. The vine, the vine is not even a tree. It is a creeper. You would have thought that, hey, 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 vine, vine, vine. Hey, king, you know, take it lah. No. The vine said the same thing. He said, should I give up my wine which cheers both gods and men to go waving over the trees? As Elder Kuntat said last night, the common denominator of all of this is they were fruitful. Correct or not? So he came to the thorn bush. Only thorns. The thorn bush said, if you really want to anoint me as king, come and take refuge over my shade. If not, then let fire come out, out of the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Let me make a few points here. Abimelech went to Mount Gerizim and I looked at it and said, Deuteronomy 28, we studied Deuteronomy earlier, right? And then Joshua chapter 8, where it was all executed, Half the children of Israel went up to Mount Gerizim, half to Mount Ebal. Mount Gerizim is there to pronounce blessing. Wait, Joseph, you went to the wrong mountain. It should be Ebal. Why? Because Ebal is curses, ma. What do you do? No, 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 no. He went to the right mountain. Why? Because now, if you have selfish ambition and be consumed by that, Blessing now becomes curses. What? Yeah, it's true. And the Holy Spirit says, you remind the people, Deuteronomy 28, 
These are the blessings. God wants to bless you. He delights to bless you, my friend. He is not that kind of a person. No, but he cannot. He cannot bless you. Because Deuteronomy 28 tells me, you've got to believe it. If you obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow all His commandments, I give you today. Every time the Word of God is preached from this pulpit, it is the Word of God. You take it seriously, my friend. You take it seriously. If you obey it, what will happen? You will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. But Abimelech is not your portion. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. In other words, your children, law. Your children will be blessed. All the people that follows after me will be blessed. But if I have selfish ambition, it's not my portion. It's not a portion of this church. Do you want it? Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed in your coming in and your going out. And so on and so on, you'll be the head of the tail. All this is not yours. Because when you are consumed by selfish ambition, it becomes lust for power. And that's totally alien to God. A carnal mind is enmity with God. Understand? Understand this, my friend. Understand scriptural principles. And let it work in your own life. Whoa. The olive tree. Don't want. The fig tree. Don't want. Because they are fruitful. They are already blessing people. You have done so well. You know how many times have I seen people, they are doing so well. What happened to you? Continue lah. Sambong lah. Why allow all these things to come to your mind and, and, and then you derail yourself? God said so. Are you sure? The fig tree says no. I'm fruitful and I'm fulfilled. So is a grapevine. They are all fruitful and they are all fulfilled. Everybody say fruitful. Fulfilled. Up and down. I'm sure there's almost a thousand of you here. Come on. Everybody say fruitful. Fulfilled. Don't you want that? Huh? It's nothing to do with position. Only the thorn bush fight for position. Can you imagine that? He said, if you want me to be king, I'll come under my shade. What shade? <laughs> Told you, huh? They overrate themselves and they exaggerate. Correct or not? Same thing, huh? Come under my shade, boy. Because they think a world of themselves. And one more thing. No fruits. You know what thorn bush does? You know how many fires in California, in Australia are set because 
one person throw a cigarette butt and it sets a dried thorn bush on fire. That's what it says. If you don't make me king, I will set the entire cedars of Lebanon on fire. You see? That's serious. The devil will work havoc in your life. Don't do that. Don't do that. At the end of this morning's first service, someone came to me. He said, Pastor, can I just uh, add on something to you? He said, what is it? Not only does a thorn bush set people's lives on fire, it is the thorn bush that was made, the crown that was put on the head of Jesus. It hurts the Lord. Yahweh said, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much. It hurts others. It hurts the Lord. Don't be a thorn bush. You know, it's so strange that Pastor Lee Chu shared with me yesterday a revelation as was just unfolded. He says, do you know, darling, he still calls me darling, by the way. <laughs> you know, darling, he said, you know the olive tree, the fig tree, and the grapevine are all symbols of Israel. True, oh. Correct or not? The chosen one. Have you ever seen the thorn bush made a symbol of the chosen one? No! So are you going to be the chosen one or going to be the frozen one? <laughs> you tell me. Chosen by God, right? Be the olive tree. Be the fig tree. Be the grapevine. Don't be the thorn bush. Come on, let's give God a clap offering if you agree with me. See, one other thing I learned from the parable of the bramble is this. Is that the reason why the olive tree, the fig tree and the grapevine do not grab power is because all of them were very fruitful, fulfilled and fruitful and they were very satisfied in the role they are in. Correct or not? They said, why do I want to sacrifice the wine? Why do I want to do that? So my, my point is this. Every one of you, whether you are an usher, whether you are a traffic marshal, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a cell leader, irrespective, lah, nothing to do with the position, man. Be fruitful. Amen? So everyone has a rightful role and a function to advance the kingdom of God. Isn't it more important? None of these people wanted it because they knew that it's not their place. It's not their role. You know, in SIBKL, many years ago, and I was told that it's still being done now, we have this shape, am I right? It's, it's, it's in Timothy programmer. Huh? Leadership. A leadership too. I would encourage you all to join in this module where we go through with you an instrument to discover your shape so that you can serve God better in your role as you come to this church. So what is SHAPE? SHAPE stands for, number one, your spiritual giftings. So it will be an instrument to, sh to, to test you what your spiritual gifts are. 
And then it will also tell you what is your heart's desire. What do you want? What do you want? All right? Don't do something that you, you're, you're not comfortable with. All right? What do you want? And your ability, what are you good at? You know, I, I can't play the drums, even though I love to, you know, but I, I, I don't want to put myself with a drummer. You know, I've got no rhythm sense or no. I've got no color sense as well. So don't put me into the interior decorating committee. Eh? Your personality profile, I am a D, I am an S. D-I-S-C lah. I don't know who are you. I know I'm a, I'm a very strong S. I'm also a D. So your personality profile is very important and very important, your track record. All right? Don't, don't, don't come and tell me I, I want to impact uh, the mission field or whatever it is when you're not interested in mission. Never see you go to Sabah, never see you go to Orangasi, Pasha, I want to become a missionary. What? Your track record. What have you been doing? Matters. So it's very important, your shape. And we want every one of you to discover your shape so that you are fulfilled and you are fruitful. Like the olive tree, like the fig tree, like the grapevine, don't be the thorn bush. What happened to Abimelech in the end? You see, I want to believe this. Many churches fight like mad one. Everybody hankering and grabbing power. They want to be in the committee. They want to be in the council. They want to be the elder. They want to be the etc. 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 But I want to believe in SIBKL. There is no such thing. I want to believe that here we have a wonderful spirit that everybody whoever you are, is suited to the role that you play, you are very comfortable in it, and you will be promoted, and you will be recognized by your fruit. Am I right? The Bible says by your fruit, you will know them. It's your fruit. Love, joy, peace, all that kind of thing. God will promote you. And you will be so well accepted. But what happened to Abimelech? When God is not there, you may be the king. You may get what you wanted. But what will happen? You will forever have internal strife. And I told you, this is what I see in so many places. I know. I visit churches. I speak to them. And after that, I have lunch with a senior pastor. And the Tirupa tells me, so much infighting. Why? Because God is not there. And God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the Shechemites. Even if God wants to bless you, He cannot all. And Gaal, a Shechemite, led a rebellion against Abimelech. So what happens? War after war, bloodshed, strife, deception, trickery, suspicion, plot, evil scheme. And you want to know, you want that kind of a church. Huh? You, want to, you want that kind of family. Huh? You want that kind of a work environment. Huh? My goodness, think properly. Think. What is of God is of God. What is not of God, God cannot be present. And if he's not present, he cannot bless. 
Very simple kingdom principle. And ultimately, Abimelech was killed by a millstone. That's why I shared with you, underline, he killed 70 sons on one stone, the stone of Ophrah. And now, in the end, he is killed by one stone. I call this divine justice. In Chinese, we say, Tin Yao Ngana. Heaven got eyes, one. Am I right, Pastor Stephen? Heaven got eyes, one. Because you can fool man, you cannot fool God. Understand? You cannot fool God. Ultimately, divine justice came. He was killed by a woman who threw a stone from a burning tower. And even then, he said, it's so shameful to be killed by a woman. He told his armor bearer, kill me. Lo. What kind of tragic ending is that? How do we overcome? I shared with you the plot. The three pitfalls. I want to end. Can I have the worship team on stage? I want to end with sharing with you how you and I can overcome because it can affect anyone. It affects even me. You see, I, I, I shared with the first service and I shared this several before. One of my greatest challenges now is not confrontation. It is success. I have to fight it. I fight it. Everywhere I go, whether I go to any place in Malaysia or Singapore, uh, are you, your Pastor Chu, SIB, Wow, SIB doing so well, huh? Yeah, not that kind of thing. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, it gets into me. I'm human. So I fight it, understand? I fight. Believe me, I fight it. I got to fight it. Because the danger for any one of us, not even you, even for me, he said, ah, it's all you, law. Ah, you're so clever, so charismatic. That kind of rubbish, you know? Three postures. Number one, always stay humble before God. Be humble. It's an attitude of your heart. Secondly, always remain submitted to the will of God, even though it ends up contrary to what you want. And I say this, it may not end up the way you want. How do you take it? Leave the church. It, it hurts me. I feel sad. I feel so sad. Why? Be submitted to the will of God because God is a good God. And I like the last one. For me, the way for, for to deal with all of these pressures on me 
is that I focus on the finished work of Jesus Christ and on the worth of the Lord. If I were to put it there, I would say be contrite, be consecrated, and be consumed by the worth and the glory of God. When you and I are emptied of ourselves and filled with God, who are we? Who are we? You tell me. You think you're so great? Put yourself on what Jesus Christ has done for you. I won't say you are nothing. But our worth is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. Amen. You agree with me? Give God a clap offering. Amen. Whoa. It's what I call a remove and replace principle. You empty yourself of yourself. But you don't stop there. Because when you empty yourself of yourself and fill with nothing before long, the devil will tempt you again. But now you empty yourself of yourself and fill yourself with God. Understand? It's a remove and a replace principle. So you fill yourself with loving God, the Word of God, serving God, all that kind of thing. And before long, you'll find that as John the Baptist says, that he must increase and I what? Decrease. And it's nothing to you. It's an honour to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to serve God. You don't think of yourself anymore. Why? Because you are consumed by the worth of Jesus Christ. That's how I fight it. Understand? That's how I fight it. And believe me, I have to fight it. You know, in October this year, just the last month, I was privileged to be invited to the Antioch Conference in Singapore. It's held every year. It's funded by some godly people in Singapore and in Indonesia, where they bring in over a hundred key leaders from all over Asia to network. So I get people from Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam, Nagaland and I've been there now for five years and I was so privileged to be invited and I remembered having breakfast with this pastor from Nagaland and he introduced himself said, where are you from? I said, from Malaysia, you Nagaland then I said, sir didn't, wasn't there a revival in Nagaland in 1980s? he said, yes, I was there, he said Wow, tell me more. He was telling me, you know what happened, you know. And then he said this, dead bodies were raised. Then I said, sir, did you do any, raise anyone from the dead? Only four times. <laughs> and one of the features of this Antioch conference, every night at 8.30, we gather together to worship. And the worship was led by an Argentinian worship leader called Pablos, Pablo. And the moment he played on the keyboard, the presence of God filled the entire room. And even as we worshiped the Lord, I opened my eyes and I saw a good number of them 
key leaders of Asia prostrate, really prostrate, you know. And many of them were on their knees. Why? In the presence of the Almighty God, it's only one person who's worthy to be worshipped, Jesus Christ. When you and I are consumed by the glory of the Lord and the advancement of His kingdom, you don't think of yourself anymore. Amen. It's a wonderful privilege to serve no matter what role you're in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes, shall we do it? Every one of you. Oh, Ramanda kata da 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 Shorya kata da 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 Sandai I'm going to ask you to spend a few minutes A couple of minutes In silence Every one of you Both on the floor here In the balcony And those of you at home I want you to take stock Of where your, your heart is today Where are you? Do you trust God that God will promote you? You don't have to do what the world does, dog eat dog. All in the name of God, don't have to do that. Just demonstrate fruit. Fruit. We will be judged not by our intent. We will be judged by our fruit. Exercise the fruit of the Spirit. So every one of you, wherever you are, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, you take stock about yourself before God. Will you do that, please? Oh, Ramanda katarada da handai. Seek the face of God, my friends. Seek the face of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not going to give the altar call for anyone to come forward. But I want you, that if God has spoken to you, that you want to live your life, continue to love Him and serve Him for the rest of your days, no matter what position you hold. But you want to honour the Lord, be fruitful, and ask the Lord to use your gifts you're willing to surrender your gifts, your heart's desire, your ability, your personality, and your experience before God and lay it before God and say, God, use me. I want you to stand up and let me pray for you, all of you, those at home. By standing, you say, Pastor, as I stand, I want to pray that the Lord will forgive any selfishness and increase my selflessness that He might increase and I decrease in my life. By standing, you say to me, Pastor, pray for me, pray for me. 
that there is no hindrance and no obstacle to the blessing of God over my life, my family and my work. So that God will put His imprimatur upon the work of my hands, the thumbprint, the thumbprint. The thumbprint of God is unique, understand? When He puts His imprimatur on you, nobody will take it away from you. When you follow the works and the ways of God, He put His thumbprint on you. Thank you. Thank you for standing. And those of you at home, you can also stand or raise your hands as I pray. And I just say this one thing before I pray. Do you know that Abimelech was king of Israel for three years? And yet when he came to the time of Saul and David, God said, there's no king. Saul is the first king. But wait a minute. What about Abimelech? If you do things without God, all that you have done is erased from the annals of eternity. No record at all of Abimelech being king of Israel. Do you want that? Do you want that? No record. No king. No Lord. No. We want to make our moments and the work of our hands count for eternity. My friend, listen to me very carefully. It is not what man thinks and looks at you. It's what God thinks and looks at you. That's more important. Amen. So Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, Father, for the word that has gone forth. I want to thank you, God, that even as you study the book of Judges, there's so much to learn, so much to glean from you, precious truth, not just purely from the pulpit, but truly, Lord, even as we go home, help us to transform our lives so that our conduct matches our conversation, so that we walk our talk, so that at the end of the day, we submit to your sovereignty, so that at the end of the day, it's more important that to please you than to please man, to impress man. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for your presence to be with us, especially in SIBKL. In this critical juncture, Lord, of our history and our nation as well, we pray, God, that even in the coming election, you will elect selfless men, not selfish men, or whatever party. It doesn't matter what party. You think in heaven there's BN or PH or what? No! It doesn't matter which party as long as there's peace and harmony in the land. Don't you think so? As long as that person, no matter what party, stands up for what is right and righteous before God. That's more important. So God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I want to pray in the coming week, God, you will allow those who are good and righteous and selfless to be elected and the corrupt and selfish will be defeated. So that whoever rules, whatever coalition rules, there will be peace in our land. First Timothy chapter 2 says, Pray for the, those in authority, the kings, so that there is peace in the land, so that the gospel can continue. Am I right? That's the main aim. 
so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can continue to spread and more souls are saved. That's more important than which party win, which party lose, right? Let's all stretch our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we stand today with the entire body of Christ in Malaysia and plead on behalf of our nation that no matter what transpires as a result of the election, let there be peace on that day. No disturbances on that day and beyond. And even, Lord, as they horse straight and all those things, whatever it is, let there be peace and harmony among the races of our nation. So we love Malaysia. We commit our country to you, Father Lord, that you are a good God. And whatever we do, Father Lord, we honour you, Lord. We give you back the glory. We live our lives as good citizens of heaven, good examples, Lord, because you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. Take away and banish any selfishness, any, any carnality, and help us to focus on the worth and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. When we begin to do that, self is gone, is banished, is banished because we are now consumed by the glory of the Lord every day of our lives. Oh, Father, we bless your holy name. We want to live for you, God. Oh, Ramanda Katarara. Let's worship the Lord with this song as we close. He is worthy. He is worthy of it all. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I want to pray that even as we sing, when we pray that it will be worked out and expressed every day of our lives as we leave this auditorium. So that we live only for your glory. Whatever role that we are in, whatever place that you put us in, help us be so consumed by the glory of God that we will do nothing to usurp your glory. No, Lord, no. Help us, Lord, to be consumed with selfless ambition that only consumed by the love of God and love of Jesus. So whatever we do, we do it because we love you and we love our neighbor as ourselves. This is the greatest of all commandments. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your word this morning, this whole weekend. I want to pray that as we leave this place, Father, may the words of God continue to ring in our ears and continue to be embedded in our spirit, man. As the music stops, your word continues to speak to us and transform our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the good Lord always turn His face towards you and your loved ones and always, always grant you shalom. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And of course, people say aloud. Let's give God a clap offering. Whoa! God bless you.